How often should we forgive our brothers? Seven times seven or 70 times seven? Or is it more than that? Coming up next right here on The Right Stuff. Hi, and welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the queen, Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking to my guest co-host and contributor today, Doralyn Moore. She is the author of the book, 70 Times 7, a Christian romance that I know you're going to enjoy. So make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy today, wherever books are sold. As always, I want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past 10 years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash stop and see what you can do. And as always, we cover your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink follow button, and you'll never ever have to miss a show. Subscribe to our new YouTube channel for updates, uploads, and more. Go ahead, subscribe today. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring my guest co-host on board today, Dora Lynn. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Parker. How are you? I'm doing well, and I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with me today. I don't take it lightly, so thanks for joining me. I'm uh, very happy to be with you. Now, Dora Lynn, I got to let our listeners know, how did you and I even connect? Because we talk to so many different authors all over the world, and sometimes these connections happenstance sometimes, or seemingly through happenstance. I would love to let our listeners know how we connected. That's a good question, Parker. I think that I saw a request that maybe you had put out for Christian authors, and I contacted you, and we went through the process and you uh, agreed to have me on your, your show and I'm thrilled to be on your podcast. I would love to let our listeners know a little bit about you. So we connected quote unquote through happenstance, but then after that, I always want to share with our listeners how our guests got started in this thing called writing. So go ahead, tell us how this writing journey began for you. Well, I, <laughs> the reason it started is that I love to read. I, I never go anywhere without a book. In fact, my husband took me to a major league baseball game uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays, and I took a book, and he was, I read the book during the game, and he was furious at me. If you're not a sports fan, why would you not have a book with you? <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. When the game gets and you just have your book there. So I constantly read. And one time I finished the book and I said to myself, I think I can do better than that. And you know what? That put the seed into my heart about writing. And I had some ideas and I started, uh, I worked on some manuscripts. I was working a full-time job. And so I would query what I'd written, and I wasn't getting back good responses. So eventually, I I just sort of put the manuscripts aside and gave up. But then in 2019, I retired. I had worked over 30 years in social services, and I went back to those old manuscripts, and I reworked them. And the Lord has really blessed me. Uh, It's only been since 2019, but I have three books out. 
70 Times 7 is my first book. It's a self-published book. And the second two are part of a three-book series. And they are published by Elk Lake uh, Publishing, and which is a traditional publisher. So the Lord has really kicked off my writing career, and I'm just loving it. It's challenging. It can be frustrating at times. But I really, really love it, and I thank him so much for it. I say I love the fact that you mentioned how you went back and reworked those stories. And I want to simmer on this point for a minute because there are many people who have written manuscripts, but they didn't get the response that they wanted at first, and so they put them down to never, ever be picked up again. And wouldn't you say that by reworking your manuscript that you learned about writing even more before you sent it out? That is so, so true. You know what, too? There's a bit of arrogance involved. You think that you're a good writer and you know how to write. But the thing that one other thing that has helped me so much is working with editors. Editors really know their stuff and they can set you on the right direction. And your writing skills improve immensely. And it's that's really exciting that you're always improving your skills. You're always thinking, how can I make this better? I always think editors are the ones who actually know the story. You just gave them like an abstract painting and they turn into a Rembrandt. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's so editors, that is so true. They do such a good job. They truly do. And so I will always thank my poor, overworked and highly appreciated editor when she takes care of my work for me. So I totally understand you there. So we got this thing, you got the book out. So your first book that you published with Elk Lake Publishing was called what? The first book is called Hope Doesn't Disappoint. And I tend to write about contemporary issues because I dealt with lots of issues in my work in social services. This is about a woman uh, who's married with two uh, young girls, and she becomes a gambling addict. And she is so addicted that she loses her family. Her husband separates from her, takes the two kids, the two daughters. They lose their house because of her gambling. She loses her job. And she ends up living out of her car. And she's really at the bottom. In fact, uh, she ends up getting put in jail because of unpaid parking tickets. And through a process, she eventually comes to know the Lord. That doesn't mean that her uh, gambling, you know, uh, goes away immediately. With some people, that does happen. They are immediately healed. But for the the character in the in the book. Rehab does help her, but it's a constant struggle. But she's learned that by going to the Lord and looking to him for strength, he'll give her the strength to stay away. And uh, through a process, she does get, I forgot to mention, too, that when she's at the bottom, she attempts suicide. And she's had it. She feels like she's failed herself. She's failed her family, her husband, her kids. And so... uh, but the Lord sent someone to rescue her. And in the end, it's sort of like Job. In the end, her family is restored to her. And she has a relationship with the Lord. That's basically the story. And it's called Hope Doesn't Disappoint. 
I like the fact that you touched on addiction because addiction can be so strong of a chain that puts people into bondage. And in that example, with gambling, you get caught with a fever that nothing else matters. Now, I've never been a gambler myself because I work too hard for the $2 I make, and I'm going to keep both of them. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) The other thing is that when it comes to addiction, you really do need intervention because your mind adjusts itself to the dopamine that that addiction, whatever it is, causes you to stay attached to it. You reminded me of an episode of Hoarders when they first started doing that show. And there was a woman there who could not let go of her hoard. And her husband divorced her because they were going to take away his children. And he said, I don't need this hoard as much as I need my children. He was able to break away, but she wasn't. And she kept saying on the show, oh, I'm so embarrassed, I'm so embarrassed, but she wouldn't let anything go because she needed the hoard. And when you mentioned about the addiction, about the woman losing her family, that's what happened to this woman. She lost her children, she lost her husband because she could not get rid of her hoard. And she liked to buy lots of things. It didn't matter what it was. She was just so embarrassed, but she wasn't really trying to break that stronghold. And so in that book, you can tell listeners that they're going to get not just a good a good story because you're going to root for this woman, but you're going to understand that some things you do need external help for. And I know as your profession as a social worker and working in social work, you see that sometimes you can't do it all on your own, wouldn't you say? For sure. She needed to rethink. She needed to learn new behaviors to replace the negative behaviors. But also... We know that the Lord, when we come to know him through his word, that he renews our minds. And so it's both working together, I believe, that uh, can break the addiction. It reminds me of that Tasha Cobb Leonard song called Break Every Chain. And that song always has me crying. It, It always does because these chains are heavy. These chains are tight and biting into my skin. But the Lord is capable of breaking every chain. The thing is surrendering to him. And later on, dear listener, we're going to be talking to Dora Lynn in another episode about God's promises and how he keeps them and what our job is regarding that. But that's going to be in a later episode. Now, Dora Lynn, you got your first book, but the second book we're going to be talking about that you got with Elk Lake Publishing is 70 times 7. So I don't want to spoil it for our listeners here, but tell us a little bit about what it's about. Okay, I'll give you a bit of background. My father was extremely learning disabled, very dyslexic. He was a brilliant man, but he had trouble expressing himself. And I think that because of the dyslexia, he would get easily frustrated. And as a child, I mistook that frustration. And my dad and I did not have a good relationship. And I think that, I don't think that, I know that I harbored bitterness in my heart toward my dad. And it wasn't actually until, this is sad in this this sense, it wasn't until after he died 
that the Lord really spoke to me about forgiving him. I wish I had done it before he died, but I did come to the place of forgiving him. So that is a personal experience on my part is made me think about uh, forgiveness. And I always love the story about Peter going to Jesus. And just like you mentioned at the first, you know, Peter thought he was being a great guy. And he said, should I forgive uh, seven times seven, Lord? And we know that the Lord said that, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And I'm sure Peter's uh, jaw dropped. And so I wanted to get forth the, that aspect. And in the book, the main character is sexually abused by her se- uh, stepfather. Another part of the background of the book is uh, my husband and I and our kids often went to Mexico for vacations. I love it down there. I love the people. And I wanted some part of the book to be about Mexico. So the main character comes from a small uh, fishing village in the Yucatan Peninsula. And she knows when, as her stepfather's assaults on her get more violent, that she has to get away. And she eventually leaves all by herself, and she comes to Toronto, which is uh, Canada's largest city. And she, it's how she, so she has an aunt that lives here. It's touch and go as to whether she even will connect with the aunt. She eventually does. But it's one half of the story. The other half of the story is about a young guy named Michael who grew up. His mom is a single mom. He never really knew his dad at all. His mom wouldn't talk about his dad. And he's had a tough life. And he really doesn't know who he is. And he ends up in a situation where he, through an accident, he kills a man and he's charged with manslaughter and he ends up in prison. I'm not going to tell you any more of the story, but I will tell you that the main character, whose name is Maricela, and the other main character, whose name is Michael, meet. And it's how that they fall in love and eventually they both come to know Jesus. But these are really deep wounds that you've expressed in this story. Sexual abuse and trauma devastates our landscape today. And it's like the more you hear about it, the sadder you become because so many people have these stories. And then you find out about the human trafficking. Then you find out about, oh, human trafficking, that's not international. It's right here in small small town USA here in the US or wherever you are. And then you hear about someone who mistakenly kills someone and it doesn't matter that it was a mistake, you affected someone's family. So these are deep wounds. And so I'm really glad, Dora Lynn, that you came out of this punching. You know, you're going to have people like, whoa, this is deep. And that's the point. And that's why I like my Christian fiction and why I always believe that Christian fiction isn't always safe fiction. There are people who are truly dealing with the hard questions of life, particularly when it comes to experiencing various acts like abuse, like accidental death. People do experience that. And so I know your work as a social worker probably helped with all that too. And so when you're coming up with these two characters, are you using just your background as the framework for this or were there stories you heard 
tell us a little bit about that. Okay, it's basically my background. And the characters are an amalgamation of various people's stories. Like you say, abuse is, is everywhere around us. I've, I've done a, a lot of reading uh, on the subject myself. And, you know, you run into people who have been abused. And you're right. It has such a profound effect just with the ability to trust others. Can the person who's been abused ever trust people again? And the deep wounds and the anger and the bitterness and why did this happen to me? And Maricela, the character in the book, was angry at God. She says, where were you, God, when my stepfather was abusing me? Why should I believe in a God who allowed something like this to happen to me? And that's, I mean, I think a lot of people experience that. If, if God, the typical question, if God's a loving God, why does he allow uh, bad things to happen to good people? And I think that uh, we have to look to the sovereignty of God. He knows the end from the beginning. And only he can heal the heart. We also know that sin is in the world. And the consequences of sin are ruined, broken lives. But Jesus can heal those lives and allow us to forgive if we'll let them. And the choice is always ours. And I think I make that clear in the book, that Maricela has a choice. She can harbor the resentfulness, the hatred, the bitterness, and keep it locked in herself and let it eat at her from the inside out. Or she can choose to give it to the Lord and let it go. And for the purpose of the book, she does choose to give it to the Lord. But that is often so very hard. And if you're anything like me or like Peter, where the Lord says 70 times seven, you know, it also depends on the infraction. You know, if you stub my toe, I mean, this is at least 10, <laughs> at least 10 forgiveness. You're, you're losing count. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so I understand. And I'm just joking with my listeners out there. I'm just joking. But you can understand that touching on forgiveness is probably one of the toughest topics that Christians are faced with because of rampant sin and violence and because of people who you can't trust. This is a biggie. And I'm glad that you use the vehicle of romance to go there. And for my listeners, you all know I love romance and I probably love romance till the day I die. But you use that vehicle to do that. And when it comes to forgiveness, I honestly think that forgiving yourself is the hardest part because you have this gentleman who has to forgive himself and you have this woman who has to forgive someone else. And what do you think? You think forgiving yourself is harder than forgiving someone else? That's a good question, Parker. Um, you're right. The Lord tells us that we're to love others as we love ourselves. And so we do need to forgive ourselves and to know that we're made in the image of God and that he, he loves us. I think forgiving ourselves is very important. I, I, I wouldn't put one above the other. I think they're both necessary. We need to forgive ourselves, which probably comes first and then we need to forgive the other person because we know that uh, 
Jesus said, if we don't forgive others, he won't forgive us. That's a very serious statement that Jesus made. And I think that's why I wanted to, I had to look at that whole issue in my own heart. I still have to look at it from time to time. If I'm not willing to forgive, I know that I'm not pleasing the Lord and he can't forgive me. I remember when our pastor did a series about forgiveness at our church and he highlighted a story that was on ABC World News Tonight where the woman of a, the woman of a child who had been killed by this young man lived next door to him. And what had happened is that this young man had killed her son. He went to jail. And she talked about how much she hated him at first. She hated him so much. I wanted him to die. He had killed her only son. Mm. But then she began to reach out to him and write to him. And they now live, well, at the time of the recording, they lived side by side next to each other. And they go around talking about forgiveness. And she said, forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's for me. Yeah. And it helps turn that trauma that could create chains, it turns it into opportunities for freedom because you don't let, you don't let yourself live in the past. Now that doesn't mean you go willy nilly and trusting everybody. You just can't, but you can live a life of freedom when we learn to forgive. And so I'm really glad you touched on that. So dear listener, go ahead and pick up your copy of 70 times seven available wherever books are. So go ahead, get your copy today. Now, what are some of your other plans for some of the other books you're working on? Well, I'm actually working on a, a new series. I like, for some reason, uh, Parker, I like writing series. And it's called the Northwest Series. And it's about uh, yeah, a single mom and her son who end up, uh, again, she's in a, an abusive relationship. And she flees her partner. And they end up in northwestern Ontario. And I know those of you in the United States um, might not be familiar with Northwestern Ontario, but it's cold up there. And it, um, but it also is a, a great place for farming and for raising cattle. And so she ends up in a rural community. And of course, this is another romance. She meets a farmer. And uh, the story is about their, their love story. Naturally, she's very skittish uh, about becoming involved with anyone again because she's been so hurt before. Um, but uh, the story is, uh, brings about how they come, they come and get to know one another and, and fall in love. There's some ups and downs along the way, uh, but they eventually uh, get together, which, which is good in the end. Well, the course of true love never did run smooth. So there is that. <laughs> Especially if you're an author, you can't make it run smooth. Something has to happen. They have to go through something in life. But I love that you talk about Canada because, you know, Canada right now is dealing with a whole lot here at the time of this recording. I don't think, I think they got rid of the fires by now, haven't they, Doralyn, or? Well, no, I, well, we're still affected, I think. I'm still, we still get a haze that comes over periodically. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, those fires have been very damaging. 
Yeah, we were getting them here. We were getting the haze here, and I'm in Detroit, Michigan. And we were getting the haze here. They had spread all over here. And I looked outside the other day. The air quality was really poor a couple of days uh, last week because of the fires over in Canada. We're right there. I'm right here in Detroit, so we're right across, right the, across border. the border. Yeah, yeah, we're right across the border. And so I uh, was the sympathizing with our Canadian friends over there. I've had a couple of Canadian authors on the show. And I was just wondering how they were doing. So I'm glad to know you're doing okay. Um, yes. Despite everything, I'm glad to know you're doing okay. And hopefully they'll get the situation under control at the time of this recording. So we'll talk about that. Now, Dora Lynn, in the few moments we have left, where can people connect with you online? You can find my website at www.doralynn.moore, all one word, Moore is M-O-O-R-E. .ca. I also have a blog on my website. It's about walking with God, and I uh, post on it on a regular basis. And I think you'll find the in- articles on it interesting. And my books are available on uh, Amazon and on Kindle. One thing I want you to do in the few moments we have left is to encourage our aspiring authors out there whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. You know what? I do encourage you. If the Lord hasn't put it on your heart to write, do get at it. Either you sit in front of that computer or do pick up the pen and, and paper. And you know what? And just start. Don't worry about how good it is or what it, just get the story, whatever you is on your heart, on paper. And the Lord will tell you, he will guide you in your writing. He, he gives me ideas. Things will pop into my head about where the story should go, what the character should be like. I really believe that it's the Holy Spirit that does the inspiring. So I really encourage you, and don't give up. Don't be too hard on yourself. But as they always say, keep writing. You only get better as you keep writing. And I've been told many times that you need to write every day. And I try to do that. And so, yeah, be encouraged and and just do it, as Nike used to say. Right. Let's go with the sports logo there. But it's definitely true. Just do it. Write every day if you possibly can. Doralyn, thank you so much for being with me on the show today. Really enjoyed having you and cannot wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Great. Thank you so much, Parker. And we were talking today to Doralyn Moore. She's the author of the book, 70 Times 7, Christian Romance. That's available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. We definitely want to give a shout out to Elk Lake Publishing. We have had a few of their authors on the show before. They have a great catalog. Go ahead and go to Elk Lake Publishing today online. Click through their catalog and you won't be disappointed. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the queen, Parker J. You have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. <laughs>